episode of the sample hour um way back in the day when i was still pioneering through this podcast venture and uh trying to figure exactly what i was trying to do with it i had this gentleman on um on an episode of school of thought and which was a podcast i was doing at a time which pretty much just took over the podcast um but uh you may you may know him from ben stewart's great film on grip um he just published a book a new book graduating life with honors um, he also has a great website that you can, he's not always on it just because he grows a lot of food and he spends a lot of time outdoors. Um, but my friend on Facebook and my, my brother here in life, Mr. Mr. Rob in the Page family, welcome back to the show, Rob. Thanks for, thanks for joining me again. Well, thanks for, uh, the invite and for giving me another opportunity to, to, uh, talk to you. Oh man, it's, it's an honor. I, I, uh. I'd, I'd love to any opportunity I get to pick your brain, Rob, and just to, to kind of just hear your perspective in life, I think is, is it's an honor for me. I really appreciate it. Um, but um, yeah, so we were just talking beforehand. Um, you just published a book. I'm, I'm on the last chapter. And uh, I just want to say for anybody that hasn't checked it out, um, you know, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, you can get it at, at Rob's website. Um, he's posted it on Facebook, and uh, it's it's a great book. I mean, I, I think you know for for anybody that hasn't listened to the the episode before, um, Rob, can you give a, a quick intro about um, just kind of uh, you know just kind of like what you, what you've what you've accomplished and and I guess it's it's hard to say, but really just the way you've you've found freedom and uh, and the way you live your life. Well, it's kind of like the basis of my book and uh, even in Ungrip. Um, but essentially what I've done is I've, you know, I've been through hell and back in my life with depression and suicide attempts and that kind of stuff. And, and through the process of um, changing the way I view life and uh, how I view myself and, and my relationships, um, I've come to... Um, to find that within my life, it's all about relationships. And so I've taken a, a complete 180 degree turn in my life about 15 years ago. And, and I focused last 15 years on my relationships and, you know, the relationship with myself was the most important that I had to work through in order to, to conquer the depression and suicide issues that I was facing in my life. And because of that, I, I had to take a look at all the other relationships in my life. And, you know, I was able to reconcile my marriage with my wife and, and, uh, you know, get my family back together again. And then we started to explore that even further and take a look at our relationships with, you know, the food that we eat or the way we live, um, the relationship with government and corporations and that sort of thing. And, and so, uh, back in 2011, um, Ben Stewart released a film called Ungrip, which talks about the work that I did and just last week or this weekend I had my official launch for my book um, graduating life with honors and in that book I pretty much take off uh, from where ungrip left off and I really explore in detail our relationships and you know what the difference is between you know this fictional realm that uh, we've created around ourselves and I explain what that fictional realm is and, and the role it plays in our life. 
<clears throat> and the authority that is starting to um, take over our life. And I describe the difference between that and the, the fictional realm, or sorry, the uh, physical realm and the spiritual realm and the relationship between those. And so for my life, it's been an exploration of trying to figure out where the boundaries are between these different realms and, and who I am and the role that I'm to, to play while I'm exploring this life. And it's a reflection of, you know, literally 15 years of, you know, recovery from a very destructive lifestyle to a point now where I'm exploring the true essence of who I am and, and the relationships that involves in, in the different realms and sharing that with people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of amazing because not only have you like turned your life around, but you inspire countless others. I mean, that film, um, I mean, even just, just for myself personally, like watching, watching the documentary and then actually talking to you the first time on the podcast, which, you know, I was messaging you a little bit on Facebook, like it, you know, it, as I'm getting older and, um, you know, just, just kind of figuring out who I am and my relationship with things and evaluating that, like, it's, it's always like, I, I kind of like to revisit, you know, things that wisdom that you've said or, or other things like that, just because it, it really applies. Like, especially when I was reading your book, the fictional realm, like I, I've been thinking about that every day. Like I think about that on my commute to work. I think about like how there's just thousands of cars just jamming up people are shocking their bodies to an alarm clock to get to some place they don't want to be just to just to pay their bills and it's and it's all really fictional like it's not nothing is real nothing is is fulfilling about it like it's uh you know it, and it really is just kind of you know just the rat race and the hamster wheel and um so i i think the the way you describe the fictional realm really helped me put put the um i guess kind of like my because recently, pers personally, I've really been trying to get out of the rat race, and I've really been trying to position myself in a way to, to become, you know, to live more in the way that you live, like just just off the grid, and 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 I and I really like what I also really like about that book is, um, uh, you, you know, you talk about something that really kind of resonated with me was you talk about like, you know, <laughs> it's a very romantic idea of living off the grid and living the way you do but it's also it's not it's not it's definitely not easy i mean it's definitely not the easiest thing and and, and um you really explore some things about you know just trials and tribulations that you guys have had and uh and i think it's you know for for anybody i think though what i really find that's powerful about your book i think for anything that you want to do i mean really the message i'm getting from the book is you know this is this is kind of this is how i found my personal power or or my purpose and it and it's and it's inspiring because it, it makes me think about okay so what's what's my purpose what is what do i need to do to get to to get to where rob is if that makes sense yeah it does and um you know i'm, I'm happy that you're getting that kind of message because that's what i kind of wanted to portray is you know these these fictional realm these fictional entities that we have all they really are is a a representation of relationships that we formed, and we can change those relationships. And if those relationships are abusive, um, or you know, are violating boundaries, then we have the right to say no and to forge new and different relationships. And if we can start seeing, um, you know, things like corporations and government agencies and that kind of stuff as a relationship, a fictional construct that only exists in our mind, then we can take a look at those relationships and say, you know, are they serving me? Are they being respectful? And are they, um, you know, moving us forward in a healthy way? Or is it destructive? And is it violating? Is it abusive? Is it violent? And if it is, then we can say no and work on forging new relationships. And um, part of that process can be quite daunting and challenging, especially if we're, we're dealing with fictional constructs that have literally been around for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years. 
Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I, it's, it's really kind of unlearning. I mean, something else you said in the book is that the fiction is so strong. It, it's taken like to many people, it, it's become their physical world. And, and, and it makes sense. I mean, just, I mean, even just looking at, um, you know, our consumer driven economy and, and everything else like that, it's all about stuff. It's all about gaining stuff. That's really just kind of worthless. Like it's not, it doesn't. It's not fulfilling when you when you buy something like that. You don't feel you don't feel like any better about yourself. You don't you you haven't really accomplished anything, and um and and I think what's you know it it just helps like really put things in perspective about what's actually important. If that makes sense. Yeah, and you know to to move a little bit forward with that thought, you know what I talk about in my book is you know the idea that we're actually spiritual beings having this physical experience. And even the physical construct that we have here is, you know, nothing more than a school to, to help our spirit. And if we're going to get lost in a fictional construct, then we're missing the point of why we're here to begin with and to uh, experience the the physicality and and the physical challenges of providing for the vessel that our spirit is in possession of while we're having this experience and and how you know we've been given this gift to uh, explore who we are and and the relationships that that we're forming here and if we're going to surrender that to other people, then are we really doing a service to ourselves and are, and are, are we really getting the, the full um, experience that we're here to, to um, fulfill if, if we're just giving it all away and letting somebody else control it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, I mean, that's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty, that's a pretty good point. Like um, it's uh yeah, I mean, <laughs> whenever I think about that stuff, it always kind of leaves me speechless because it's like you know, it really is, uh, you know, just the idea of self-governing and and you know, um, I think it's it's important. Like, how am I dependent on something else? How am I dependent on, you know, you know, how how can I remove? How can I change my relationship so I can can have a better have a better understanding of my surroundings. And I think, you know, something that you, you really allude to in the book, which is something that I came to a conclusion um, before I started this podcast. And, uh, and I had heard you talk about it and on grip is just, you know, just, just the importance of the relationship with yourself and loving yourself. And, and it's like, once you really get that there, I feel like it comes, it's comes easy to, it's, it's not that it's easy, but it's, yeah, it's easier to see where, your relationships with other people or your job or anything else are, aren't really in line with what's, what's best for you. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And once an individual can come to terms with who they are and, and love themselves despite some of the challenges, um, you know, cause we're not all perfect. We all have struggles and, and certain uh, barriers in life and that sort of thing but they're there for a purpose. And I believe that they're there to help teach us and to um, confront us and challenge us. And, you know, we all have a dark side and it's part of who we are. And if we can find a way to come to terms with that and make sure that we filter everything through love, then we can start getting to a point where we love ourselves. And then that expression can then be flowing through the other relationships that we form. And I know for myself, I didn't love myself for the first, you know, 30, 35 years of my life. And as a result, I was very destructive and uh, verbally, mentally abusive, passive aggressive. But now that I've learned how to love myself and express that, my relationships completely changed. I'm not saying, you know, it's all roses all the time. I, you know, I still have challenges and, you know, this is a, a journey and a life process but I know that my life is completely changed 
since that, uh, you know, time where I had to face that choice, you know, I got to change or die. Right. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know, because I love myself, boundaries are very important and, you know, questioning relationships is very important. And because of that, I, I had to take a look at my relationship with the state and many of the corporations that I was dependent on and, you know, ask myself the question, you know, why am I dependent on all these entities? And if I'm dependent, then am I really an adult? If I want to be completely independent to be an adult, then I got to take up the duty and the burden of providing for myself and not depend on other entities or other people to do it for me. And that's part of being an adult. That's part of being, um, you know, uh, independent and and fully responsible and accountable for one's life. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and and we kind of talked about it in the last podcast, but, you know, when was the step to where, like, you and your wife were like, you know, we want to, we want to grow our own food. We want to build an earth ship. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to divorce ourselves. Well, not divorce yourself, but you want to liberate yourselves from being dependent on the state and being dependent on corporations. Like, you know, how exactly, how exactly did that kind of go down from, from point A to point B? Like, I know it was a natural progression, but I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 I think it's just good to kind of reiterate again, just because I think for, for anybody to hear how you guys came to that decision, I know it was the change or die, but you know, it's always a progression and it's, you know, you, it's, it's always small steps that lead into the bigger steps. Um, so how, how exactly did that kind of go down? Well, after I had recovered from my depression, I was then, uh, able to start reconciling my relationship with my wife and we had been separated for three years. And, and we spent months and months and months talking, um, you know, three, four hours a night. We put a ton of time and energy into building and forming a new relationship, but it also required that we reconcile, you know, a lot of the trust issues and the harm and abuse that happened in our past relationships. So it it took literally two years for us to, to work through that and get to a point where we can start trusting one another again. And in the meantime, my wife was studying homeopathy and, you know, was introduced to the concept of the airship and, and some of the, the legal issues, um, you know, that I talked about in Ungrip. Um, she learned that through her homeopathic classes and, um, you know, she brought it home from school and, you know, broached the subject. And so we started talking and researching. And, and at that point we realized, you know, how dependent we really are on, on these entities. And, um, we thought, well, if, if we're going to live life the way we are now, then by extension, it, it's only natural that we take that next step and complete the process. And, you know, it was a fairly easy decision for us to do. Um, very, very difficult to implement. But, you know, we've been out here for eight, nine years now. And um, we have no regrets. And, you know, the process of growing our own food and, you know, living in an earthship and, you know, having solar panels and collecting our own water and treating our own waste and, you know, all these kind of issues, you know, were addressed because we didn't want to deal with, um, you know, the consequences of should the grid fail for any reason. And the ice storms in Eastern Canada, like Quebec and Ontario, uh, a number of years ago, you know, there was no power for 30 days. Um, so, you know, how do you live in, in Northern Canada in the wintertime with no power? And, you know, that puts your food in jeopardy and clean water and, you know, life is fragile at that point. And so we thought, no, if we want to be responsible, then, you know, in the end, I'm responsible for my life. I got to take up that responsibility and duty to provide for it. And that way, if the grid does fail, we're going to be okay. And at that point we can then help other people out 
and because you can't help anybody if you, you're you yourself are in crisis, right? So absolutely. Um, by being in a position where we're at now, we're not in the rat race. We got time to help people. I have time to write books. I have time to talk to people on Facebook and 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 communicate with them these kinds of ideas so that I can. Uh, you know, guide them or mentor them through some of those pitfalls that we went through and, uh, you know, give my own opinions and uh, analysis of what's going on in the world to show them that, you know what, the grid is in a crisis right now and it's just going to get worse and the politics is um, part of the mask and, and the fog of war that's keeping people from seeing some of these issues. Yeah, I think, um, you know, something we were talking about, because, I mean, I definitely want to, you know, my um, my retirement dream, which is hopefully within the next 10 years, is to live on an earth ship and be homesteading and growing my own food. And, uh, you know, and I'm we had talked before because I initially was going to reach out to you before you even reached out to me. Um, let me know about your book and everything. And uh, just kind of funny how that works sometimes. And uh I wanted to talk to you about growing food because like just being your Facebook friend for the past year, almost two years, um, you have some awesome pictures of the vegetables you grow in your, on your um, greenhouse. You talk about, you know, the, the differences and, and, and putting energy towards vegetables and how much food you can generate and, and, and uh, also talking about your animals and everything else like that. And it's just, it's just really cool. How did you, cause I know you said in the book, you had wished that you guys had actually started on the food portion first to build your own economy um, before the house. And, it, and, it, and, it, and I've actually heard you say that in an interview as well. Um, so, like, not not just to talk about that, but also, how did you guys end up, like, how did you learn? I know in the book you said you took a, a course from Joel Salatin, who I'm a huge fan of, um, with his farming practices. So, if you don't mind just kind of uh, enlightening everybody about that. Well, I grew up on the farm, so I, I was partially familiar with what it would take to grow crops and look after animals and that sort of thing. And so when we took the leap out here, I knew what I was getting into. Um, but we also wanted to do it a little bit different than what my parents did because, you know, <clears throat> not saying that they were farming wrong, but, you know, my dad farmed the traditional way. And, you know, there's still a lot of tillage and, um, you know, I don't quite agree with that. And But implementing a lot of the things that Joel Salatin is talking about kind of bridged that gap between the more traditional methods of agriculture that my dad taught me to step it up and, and get into a more sustainable method of farming where we're looking after the soil and actually growing and building soil. And, um, you know, I don't even want to get into the completely destructive and poisonous modern agriculture. Cause that's, you know, completely crazy in my opinion, but I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. But to, to, to find a way where we can, provide for ourselves with, without impacting our, the, our environment or without poisoning ourselves so we can close that nutrient cycle and, and, and recycle the nutrients over and over again within the land that we're uh, stewarding so that we can sustain that for multiple generations. And the modern methodology is, it won't sustain that for 200 years. There's no way we can maintain <clears throat> the modern model. So um, I believe that Joel Salatin, Joel Salatin's work was a, a really good uh, example of how we could bridge that gap and really return to uh, building a relationship with nature and with the animals and recognizing that there's a relationship between the animals and the plants and between the animals and the plants and ourselves and what each organism's role is within that relationship and i believe joel was you know getting close to that and i also think that the indigenous uh, can play a role in that too and teaching us 
you know, how to eat out of the forest and, and recognize the true value of the forest. And, you know, for us, it's, you know, just taking years and years to learn all this stuff because there's just so much to learn and also so much to unlearn. Like there's a lot of deprogramming that we have to go through so that we can tear down those old constructs and build new constructs to move forward with. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, I a hundred percent agree, you know, micro farming, urban farming, um, you know, you know, growing food is a, is a, you know, in a a sense, it's a political act. I mean, it's, it's a way to, to, for me to immediately make a statement, not to your, not just to yourself, but to anybody that knows you, like if you have a humongous greenhouse, you're growing food or I, I plan on just turning my whole backyard into food. I would like, or into growing food. I would like to have a little, you know, uh, hal- or, uh, tilapia farm too and try to set up an aquaponics system. And I think, you know, something that you were talking about is the relationship of the animals with the plants and the, our relationship with them as well. And and it's really, you know, it's really about um, really about growing soil in a sense and learning that, you know, the natural things that you can do just with soil and earthworms and the way you you treat the soil and you know it, you don't need all the pesticides you don't need most of that crap um, and I I just read a great article to, to, um, yesterday about um, how weeds in your certain weeds in your garden or where you're growing food can actually tell you what nutrients your soil might even be missing out on and I think it's you know it's just it's all about staying in harmony it's all about staying in, in harmony with nature it's all about you know being being kind of one with the ecology if that makes sense. And I think that's yeah. what, what your message is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've also learned, too, that depending on the weeds that are growing around you, the weeds are also telling you what you need to heal yourself. Um, I know there, yeah. I can't remember the, the, the name of the weed, but there's one weed that grows around insane asylums. And if, if the patients would actually, you know, take the weed, it, it would help them. And, you know, dandelions is, is another example of that. And so if, if we can start taking a look at what nature is trying to tell us, we can find a tremendous amount of, of uh, healing and help uh, through that process. Man, that's we, really... That's we, really sorry for We've ignored it for so long. Um, there's not a lot of people that know how to speak that language anymore. And it's a, it's a language that is older than words and um, takes a long time to be able to communicate and, and to listen and to see. And so, you know, it, it means a lot to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And, um, you know, it requires full submersion into the environment in order to start learning those languages. And, you know, we've been out here for almost 10 years and, and, you know, we're still babies in that regard. And we still have so much to learn, but you know, I, I think we're making progress and we're starting to make observations and, and be able to see what nature is trying to tell us. Cause you know, like I said in my book, I believe the plants and the animals are here to serve us just as we're here to serve mother earth and to serve the creator. And, but it requires us to stop and listen to our servants. And yeah. if we can permit them to communicate with us, they can help us. And if we would let them, um, you know, I think we could really turn things around. Yeah. That, sorry. I got really excited when you were talking about the weeds and all that. Like, I never even thought about that. Like, if you think about just thinking about, um, you know, I, I think people discredit that the earth is a, you know, it's a living organism. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, and you, you use some great analogies in your book too about uh, understanding your your role with communicating with God as it's like the two cells in your toe trying to trying to figure out what you're thinking about and uh, and that that really resonated with me and then um, but also too learning we we were talking on Facebook before we uh, before when we were setting up this time you'd recently posted something about this rustling in your Earthship. And you guys couldn't figure out what it was, and then you and your wife found a weasel in your bedroom. How did a how did, was it a weasel? What was it again? I think did you say it was a weasel? It, it was a weasel. Yeah. How did a weasel get in your bedroom? 
Well, our house isn't done. Um, and, you know, we do have mice in the house and the weasels are, you know, they can travel through the same holes that the mice can. And, um, you know, also I've had a, uh, we, you know, a weasel in our house. I've also found a bat in our house, lots of salamanders. Um, you know, we're living out here in their domain. And yeah. so you know, part of, part of this life is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dealing with the animals as they, you know, come walking through. And, uh, but you know, the animals that come through, you know, they have meaning as well too. And so, you know, when, when a weasel walks in, I look up the totem for the weasel to see what kind of message he carries. And, you know, most times it fits with some of the struggles or some of the things that going on in my life. So part of that process of talking that language is listening and, and hearing the messages that the animals and the plants are trying to tell me so that I can learn. And I believe that is a much more powerful way to communicate with God than it is to even, you know, read a book. Um, you know, cause it's, it's the events that happen around me, uh, words that people say, or, you know, things that happen, they all have meaning to me. And, it's, it's really helped me work through a lot of the challenges and struggles that I've had in my life. Yeah, it's a kind of, um, you know, God doesn't communicate directly with you. He communicates through you or through other things to you. And um, that makes a lot of sense, like just even from that perspective. Um, you know, somebody had recently said, a good friend of mine, we were, we were about to go, we were just going to go out somewhere and we saw some buzzards just floating around and he was telling me you know this is gonna sound nuts but i've been paying attention to it every time there's buzzards i always kind of face some hiccups and whatever i'm trying to do for the day or there's always like something that's coming and um and that's uh and i never even think about it and then i then i i kind of blew him off at first and was like oh silly you and then like i started noticing all these buzzards like on days when like things just weren't going the way i'd planned and i was like you know, it could be a coincidence or it could be something greater trying to communicate with me. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people dismiss it, but for me, I found comfort in having that kind of relationship with the animals. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned a book in my book too, by Derek Jensen. Uh, he, his book is called a language older than words. And, you know, it's for him, and I believe in it too, that if we can get to a point where where we can communicate with our food, whether it's plants or animals, and ask for permission, they'd be more than willing to sacrifice their life in order to serve us. And then it's then we don't need force anymore in order to eat or survive because the, the plants and the animals are willingly uh, surrendering themselves to, to serve and to nourish our bodies. And when we can get to that level, then we can honor the spirit of those animals and the plants and also honor our own spirit as well too. And part of that process um, requires that we surrender the, the old paradigm and submerse ourselves in that because like all relationships, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to build a healthy relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's, it takes even more time to learn a different language so that we can have that kind of relationship with the plants and the animals rather than using our force to force our own will. We can surrender to the, the natural law or the natural order of how the physical realm works. And I think that's part of the journey for our spirit is to embrace the the paradigm of the physical realm and learn how it works and embrace it so that we can form those healthy relationships. And, you know, we've been at this for almost 10 years. And you know what? I think it's going to take a lifetime to figure it out and to get to a point where, um, you know, I'm no longer using my force or forcing my will against any other organism. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, a man or woman or 
plant or animal or whatever. And, you know, that the use of force, I think, is something that this whole world needs to really address if we're going to really turn things around because force is how everything functions now. And, and because of it, we're in a very unhealthy and destructive path that we need to really question and turn around before it's too late. Yeah, I 100% agree. I read a book a while ago called Power Versus Force. I didn't agree with like uh, everything the author, the author kind of had some some whack political beliefs, but I think like kind of like down to it, it, some of the stuff he said is the same thing to what you were saying, like, you know, using our power versus using our force. Like, you know, if you use your power, things kind of naturally fall into place more harmoniously versus if you use your force, it's it's you're going to break things, you're going to you know what I mean? It, it's, and I think that's, and, and that's, it's, and when I think about the world, like how forceful things are now, like whether it just be people driving in traffic or all the wars that the U.S. is fighting and and all this other craziness, and it's it's just like you know, it's it's all about trying to control. It's all about controlling, controlling. But you know, if you know, if you if you have that 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 power or like that again, that love for yourself you don't need to control anybody else because all you need to do is be in control of yourself. And, and it's, and, it, and it's just, um, and it's easy, I think for people to just get caught up to it just because I mean, just, you know, you, you talk about it in your, in your book and, and, and I've talked about it a bunch Just school system, you know, every, the way we're raised, the way, just a lot of things, you know, we're, we're so removed from, from nature. We're so removed from, you know, what, what it is to be a human. That we we forget about you know what our role is on this planet and it, and it and it goes back to what you say about the fiction you know the fictional realm like you know we're not i think that technology can be used harmoniously with nature but i think at this but i don't think that's what's really happening i mean we, we were talking about agriculture earlier you know i've been coming to this conclusion that you know this whole big government forcing thing of like global warming and climate change like i think the planet is happening but the and i don't and i and i don't think pollution is good but I, I, you know the fact that nobody's talking about big agriculture is kind of alarming to me especially when i think about the dust bowl and what kind of effects you know that was all caused from from agriculture so i think it's 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 um it's an interesting thing it's interesting to think about i mean like you know and it, and the funny thing and it, and it's so simple too kind of just for a solution is you know just really loving yourself and then and and loving and once you can love yourself you can love the things around you so you can so i can love my backyard and i can say man this this beat up backyard here in this this urban house that i just i just moved into man it would be beautiful if i just got a bunch of raised beds and started putting food everywhere and then i just love that soil when i love that soil i'm gonna make sure it has all the nutrients that it needs and everything else like that. And when I make sure the soil has the nutrients it needs, then the plants are going to grow well. And then, then I'm going to have delicious food. And then I can take that food and I can share it with other people and hopefully I can inspire them to do the same. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing that, you know, you don't, I, I, I think even when I look at your life and, and, the, and the, the, the actions that you've made moving out, into the country and building an airship and growing your own food, um, agreeing with Ben to do the documentary, and then just continuing to live your life with a purpose and living the wife, living your life the way you live it, is an inspiration for people like me and anybody that listens to this podcast that wants to make a real change in their life but might not even know how. And it and it just goes back to you know just look at that guy in the mirror or that that girl in the mirror and really love that person. Yeah, and, you know, when you love that person, then you want to look after that. You know, you want to look after the body, and you want to look after the spirit, and you want to nourish it and care for it. And by, you know, feeding it healthy food and, you know, really looking after it and spending time with it, those are things that we can do to show love and gratitude and appreciation. And, you know, I think one of the the challenges that we have is, you know, we we're in a the, the fictional realm is is caught in a construct where we think that, you know, if we're going to rescue everybody, we have to feed everybody. Yeah. Well, 
I, I think that's a, a wrong approach. And, you know, I even wrote about it on Facebook a few days ago. I didn't put it in my book, but uh, the premise is there where, um, you know, we're poisoning the earth because we're trying to feed everybody. And instead, what we should be doing is teaching people to feed themselves. Exactly. So that we don't have to feed everybody. And and when we do that, then the the paradigm completely changes and then the grid completely changes because we're no longer trying to be responsible for everybody. Rather, we're teaching people to be responsible for themselves. And that lightens the burden for the grid and our political systems and our corporate systems. And all of a sudden, the pressure's off. And then if it does break, who cares? Nobody's nobody's in danger if the grid fails or any of that kind of stuff because everybody can look after themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, teaching people to... I mean, it's it's just like that old saying, like, you could you could either... You could... I, you know what? I was like that old saying, and I just totally butchered it. You could teach a man to fish. Yeah, yeah. Here you yeah. say it. You, you. It's more on the <laughs> tip of your tongue than mine because I'm just gonna butcher it, Rob, straight up. The, the, the saying is, feed a man a fish for a day, or teach him to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Yeah, right. And that's and that's the same thing. I mean, you know, people. It's the. Uh, it's like this the the noble lie of that you know why we need the state is because who's going to do this and who's going to do that but you know the older i get and the more i read and the more i learn um not only do i realize i don't really know that much but i also realize that you know the the key is just to be locally resilient to be responsible for and it's just what you've done i mean just be responsible for everything in your life, like be responsible for your food, be responsible for this. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, you want to be interdependent or you want to be, um, you know, interdependent with others. So, you know, and, and you talk, and I've heard you talk about that as well. Like, the, you know, ultimately it's, it's easier to find others who are trying to, it's, it's not easy to find them, but it's, it's, you know, ultimately once more and more people become sovereign and, and more, you know, in control of their own lives, and growing their own food and everything like that, the, the people are, aren't going to worry about dumb stuff that aren't, doesn't matter. And there's going to be a lot less, you know, crime. There's going to be a lot less everything because people are going to be more at ease. People are going to be more at peace. People are going to be more more with nature than and, and more more attuned with nature than than what it is right now, for sure. Yeah, and and you talked about you know the difference between force and power, and you know we give our power away. To people who then claim a monopoly on force. Yeah. And so if we can keep our power and learn how to govern our own power, then all of a sudden they don't have any more power and they no longer have the the mandate or the authority to use force. And so for me, I know that we have to kind of go through that chaotic process as we tear down that, that old structure and rebuild from a, a completely different structure one based on the power and authority of the individual building their own relationships and recognizing that any of those relationships that we construct are a fiction. We can still use them, but let's recognize that they're just tools. They don't have any authority over us or can dictate or, you know, put us in jail or any of that kind of stuff but they're there as a tool to facilitate our relationships with one another. And, um, you know, we can still form our own, you know, nations if we want, but the nation is not sovereign. It never can be sovereign. It never will be sovereign because it physically doesn't exist. It doesn't have that spiritual authority and power of the individual that was granted to us through our spirit by the creator. And if we can take a look at the order of creation and recognize that, you know, the creator, God is the highest authority, has the highest sovereignty, but we're number two on that list. And if we can start looking at our relationships from that point of view, then we can resolve and, and dissolve a lot of the things that have separated us for thousands of years. 
And um, I, I, I believe it will start to resolve a lot of the problems that we're facing, but we kind of have to go through that chaotic process of walking away from that old paradigm into this new model of how we're going to govern ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think, I mean, everything you said, I 100% agree with, uh, I, you know, something that was interesting that, uh, I found and I thought about it with my, cause when I just started this new website for my podcast, I, uh, repurposed the Masonic star kind of as a joke and also kind of to like say, you know, I'm, there's nothing really wrong with this symbol. It's just a symbol. I can repurpose it and make it my own in a sense. Um, but you know, something that you would, you had done is you created your own flag. Um, yep. and, uh, did you say, so you have your flag at all the corners of your property? Is that, is that what you said in the book? I was trying to figure that out. I was reading it. Um, kind of, yeah, all, all the corners of the land, I, I placed my flag very similar to the law of nations, uh, protocol where embassies fly flags on the corners of their embassy. And any of the space within that uh, border that the flags make is the jurisdiction of that country that's flying the flag. And so I, you know, took an example from the Law of Nations to uh, delineate the area of land that I am steward of and the law form that governs this piece of land as I stand as steward. And so I've done that with my flag. It's pretty then, then it's a language that um, the state understands, right? Yeah, that's uh, that was that was really I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Now the symbols on your flag. I saw you had a sword and some other symbols. Like, how did you how did you find meaning in those symbols, or what did, what do those symbols kind of mean to you? If that makes sense. Um, well, there's a lot of symbolism in the flag. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me bring it up, and I can go through it if you want in detail. But um, just off the top of my head, the, the sword. Yes. Sword pointing up is one that means you're at war. But if the sword is pointing down, it means you're at peace. Okay. Yeah. So I put it put on there that stands for peace, and the sword is also in the shape of a cross, which talks about the Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. Flames on the sword is a representation of the challenges and tribulations that we go through in life to, to harden and temper um, our faith and, and strengthen our spirit. Um, the, there's um, an eagle on there to uh, signify strength. Uh, the wheat signifies prosperity. Uh, the bottom of the symbol is uh, mountains, which uh, signifies the, the bedrock of my faith in, in God. Um, the top is the Lamb of God. Um, the sun, the rising sun, talks about um, Christ. And the bee also talks about prosperity and uh, resilience and persistence. Um, trying to think of um, a pine cone is in reference to our pineal gland and the ability to um, have extrasensory vision to be able to see and be able to hear. Um, trying to think of what else is on there. Oh, I have the um, the family blazon for the Paget family on there to signify my tie to my roots and uh, my ancestors. Um, there's another symbol there, but I can't remember what it is without pulling everything up. That's pretty cool. How long did that take to for you to try to put that together? Oh, it took me a few days to figure all that out. I don't know. I thought I th- I just thought it was really cool because it's like it's it's something. Um, it's it's like uh I don't know when I when I made I never really like tried to make art or anything, and when when my friend was kind of walking me through it and we were doing it together. You know, it was it was just kind of uh, I don't know. It's liberating to think about ways to symbolize the things that are important to me, if that makes sense, or the things that I feel like kind of guide me um, in my on my path, if that makes sense. It's, it sounds like you you did the same thing. Um, and then uh, also wanted to ask you about. I know you have two sons. Um, are they still living with you guys on the on the property? Like how old how old are they now? 
my oldest is 21, and my youngest will be turning 19 here in a few months. And um, they've moved out, and they're trying their way in the world. And I know my oldest will be moving back here um, probably in the next week or so. He's dedicated his life to living the way we do. Uh, he's tried it out in the real world, and he does not like it. <laughs> so he's he's um, recognized the value of the work that we've done out here. So we'll have three generations living out here because uh, um, my wife's mom is out here as well too, right? That's awesome. Uh, I, I firmly believe that we need multi-generational families working together again. And, um, you know, there's lots of knowledge and experience in our elderly uh, elders that needs to get passed down and that should be passed down to um, the younger generations because they have to take up that torch and carry it forward. Otherwise, when, when our elders pass away, there's lifetimes worth of knowledge that's lost and we need to find ways to pass that from generation to generation. And we can do that by honoring the elders and looking after them while they're here uh, instead of shipping them off into old folks' homes and, again, being dependent on other corporations to look after our loved ones. So, you know, part of this is taking up the duty and the responsibility of looking after one another. And, you know, it's hard work, but I think the value is there and, and honoring the spirit of our ancestors will, will go a long ways to returning the power and authority of the family and not give it away all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It's and it, and the weird thing is too, like you don't I mean, it's still like uh something that I'm, you know, trying to break free of and because it's like now I recognize where I'm giving away my power in my life. And and I think like do you think that's kinda like the start of the battle is just to to kind of realize where you're at and then just start to work towards um you know, breaking free of that bad relationship in a sense. Like just because, you know, you said in the book, like we couldn't re just remove the government. Um, even like, and I agree with you, there's way too many dependent people. It might be, might be fun and chaotic for a little bit, but um, I'm just joking. But uh, you know, it, it, it kind of feel like for a lot of people, I don't think like, do you, would you reckon, I mean, I w you probably wouldn't recommend somebody just to quit their job and just to just to just to try to just to live out in nature. I mean, it's it's kind of a process, correct? Like you, it's you take small steps to get to where you need to be, pretty much. Yeah, this process takes years to to accomplish, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't suggest people just quit their job. Um, you know, but on the same hand, I also recognize that some people will sit there and do research for ten years yeah. because they're afraid to make a mistake. And end up not doing anything, and so you know, ten years gets burnt, and they haven't accomplished anything. So you know, part of what we've done is you know we worked on our ourselves first, and got to a point where we're we're healthy and um, you know we're in good shape and you know, emotionally mature and emotion uh, mentally mature, so that we can then take that next step towards independence. And at that point, then we just kind of jumped in with both feet with faith and we'll, we told ourselves, you know what, we're going to have troubles. Um, we're going to make mistakes, but we just got to figure it out along the way. And we learned more doing it that way than we would have sitting there doing research for 10 years and still living in the city and, you know, completely dependent on everybody for our own existence. So yeah. there's a, there's going to be a balance there. You know, I'm not saying everybody should be jumping out right away, but I'm not saying that they should, you know, sit there either. Like, you know, they need to figure it out for themselves. The best approach is going to be and take responsibility for it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, I tell you what, Rob, we've been, um, we're almost here at an hour. I try to keep these at about an hour. Um, thank you so much for giving me your time today and, uh, wanting to come back on the show. I, you know, it's truly an honor. Um, when I get more of my green thumb and, and growing my own food, I'd love to have you on again because I'm sure I'll like to talk to you about um, different um, different different practices and growing food and more about uh, 
what you guys do for your compost and everything else like that. And, and actually, we might be able to do that again here soon. Um, but uh, everybody, you know, go. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a link for Rob's book um, in the notes of this of this show. Um, so please download it and read it. It's a it's a great book. Um, you know, it's it's the it's it's in the form of a PDF. Um, for anybody that has a smartphone and you know you you like listening to books, there's a really good app called Voice Dream, and you can actually listen to Rob's book. I'd recommend reading it, but if if you like to listen to books as well, get this app Voice Dream, and you can listen to to Rob's book. Um, and Rob, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, before before? Oh, something I want to add. So if you like Rob's book or you find value in in Rob's way of living, and or you know, and just anything like that. Feel free to make a contribution to the Rob and the Page family cause, and you can go through. You can contact him on Facebook. Um, and how how could people make a, a contribution um, to what you guys have going on, Rob? Well, um, they can go through my website um, www.consciousselfgovernance.ca, or they can find me on Facebook, Rob and the Page family. Um, the book is free. I, I'm giving the book away to whoever wants to read it. And it's, it's my way of serving other people. And I believe the information here um, is valuable for people who are seriously interested in wanting to really explore their relationships and their own spirituality. I wrote the book so that I believe that we, I found through my own belief structure, um, you know, I, I'm Christian, but not, I wouldn't call myself a, a traditional Christian because uh, my views are very different than most Christians. But um, I wrote the book hoping that I can find a foundational um, connection with other people. And it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or Muslim or Jewish or indigenous or whatever, I believe the foundations of what I wrote in the book resonate with any or all belief structures that we have on this planet. And if we can find that common ground that we can start forming healthy relationships with one another, then um, I believe that can really change um, our political landscape that we have. So if that resonates with people, they can send donations uh, through PayPal, through my website, or they can contact me and I can uh, give them my Facebook, or my wife's uh, PayPal address as well, too. Yeah, please do that. Um, I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a contribution. Um, that's, that's my, uh, I'm going to bring some of my sales and marketing into the conversation, Rob, and say contribution. I don't know, because then people could feel like they could contribute. That's uh, that was something that I, I heard once, and I thought it was funny, so I started saying contribution instead of donation, just to just for everybody to explain. Um, but uh, but anyways, uh, Rob, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, thank you for listening again. Um, please go to iTunes. I got the new podcast feed on iTunes. Um, please rate and review and subscribe. And uh, and give us a like on Facebook, and please don't be afraid to share the podcast or Rob's work um, with your friends. We really appreciate it, guys, and and thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your days. We'll go down yonder, Gabriel. Put your feet on the land and sea. But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet until you hear from me.
Ain't no 